Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba and welcome to episode 23 of the Lions Den, a Gal Sarai podcast, done by the community for the community. Today, I'm your host Emre in place of Summit. After a mutiny, Summit was forced to walk the plank and with the unanimous decision, I have him placed as active captain. So with that said, let's give a warm applause to my partners in crime. We have from New York, my neighbor Yasin. How you doing Yasin? Good brother, chilling. I just have to say you guys did an incredible job last week. I, I enjoyed every single minute of those little intros that you guys had for every single transfer. I think it's my turn next, and it looks like I will be doing it for a name that I probably can't even pronounce correctly, which is Frederick Michaud. So look forward to that next podcast. Will do, will do. We'll hold you on to that. We have our resident coach from the land of maple syrup and Tim Hortons. How's life been, John? Good, good. How do you know about Tim Hortons? You guys know about that? We know we about it. it. Whenever I, I hear Canadians talk about it, they say, at least we have Tim Hortons. Because they compare it to Bro, Dunkin' Donuts. It's so much better. Emma, have you had it? <laughs> I've never had it. They they opened one like five minutes from my house. Bro, really? Munchkins, That's or, surprising. Or what? Do you, they're, they're not called Munchkins. The, what are they called? Like little... The Timbits? Timbits, right? Yeah, dude. Oh, they're dude. phenomenal. Oh, dude, the birthday cake one. Oh, my yep, God. Yeah, welcome to Canada, baby. You're fucking right. <laughs> okay. And, and, and for us non-Americans, what the fuck's a Tim Horton? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay basically basically tim hortons it's like a it's essentially just like a coffee shop basically like they have coffee donuts cookies they make sandwiches stuff like that right it's like i i would mm-hmm. i would imagine it's like dunkin donuts is it similar to that i would imagine i've only been to dunkin donuts once in my life i, I think that's yeah what yeah i would say so yeah you guys like, sell donuts and coffee right yeah, that's about it exactly and timbits are like these so imagine so you, the, the hole that's in the middle of a donut right Imagine bef- mm-hmm. like when they punch out that hole, that little bit that falls out. Imagine frying that up and turning it into like a mm-hmm. ball, like a mini donut ball, basically. That's a Timbit. So look. Yeah. Okay. Can- Canadians live by this, man. If, if, if you don't know what Tim Hortons is, search it up. Can- Canadians live by this. Tim Hortons coffee is pumping through our veins, man. All right. I'll be sure to look it up. With that said, we have across the Atlantic, our chief historian, Saleh. How's everything? Do you have an interesting fact for us today? Yes, uh, well, it's fine with me. I've had a great weekend. I've been able to follow, well, more than just Galtzai, some other games as well. And fact-wise, um, this week it's going to be... Look, I found it to be interesting, but I'm not a person who's really into celebrities. But this one's about Paris Hilton. Maybe you Americans already know it, maybe you don't. But uh, apparently Paris Hilton, when she was still a teenager, her mom taught her how to be great in bed. So she would hire basically a random dude to go, well, practice with her, the deed, uh, in a van. And she did that so she would be all-knowing about how to have sex, etc. And to make as many babies as possible. And apparently the mother got it fought from her grandmother again. So it's like a weird tradition going on in the Hilton family. Bro, surely that can't be true. That can't be no, true. No, no, it is, it is true because it's <laughs> no, written I'm down pre- in I'm a... I'm pretty sure I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> it's written down in a book. The House of Hilton... Wow. Um, yeah, they instruct basically their daughters how to have great sex. 
Um, Mother of the that's year. That's like bro. one of their more values or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, okay then. America. Land of America. the free. requirement America. for being in their family or something? Yeah, it, bro, it specifically said that they need to learn that in order to attract rich males and to have a lot of babies. Like, okay, that's, that's oddly specific, but there you go. Makes sense. All the power to them. Interesting, interesting. Was that a soundboard or was that Emre itself? See, Samet needs to stop with that because then you guys can't even tell Summit, what I'm talking. He's not even here and we're still getting brain fucked. What's real and what's the soundboard, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that said, to all our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for being with us. Samet and Mazar couldn't be with us today, unfortunately, and Samet wasn't really walked off the plank yet. So today, we'll bring you the latest news, events, and most importantly, we'll go over the most recent friendlies that we had with Cousin Pasha, Salernitana, and Fiorentina. So as far as news goes, today we get a cop for Frederick Miso, and it's done for 3.5 million fee, 500,000 bonuses on a three-year deal. Furthermore, we have news that Ali Akman is supposedly joining us on a loan. We have Evander, who seems to be on and off the radar. We have Nelson, who's reportedly may be going to Sevilla. We have Batuan Shen linked with a move away to Fati Karagimruk. And also, apparently, Batuan Shen, Kazim John Karatash, and Barish Alpar Yilmaz are set to miss the first two league games because they're apparently going on a Muslim Olympic game or something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys will have to explain that to me more after. And so then we have our friendlies, which was Kazim Pasha. We had a 2-1 win. Keramu assisted Seferovic, who scored. Then we had Salernitana game right afterwards, which ended in a tie. Seferovic scoring a goal and Oljan giving the assist. And finally, we had the Fiorentina game, which ended in a 2-1 victory for us. With Keram scoring and Emre Akpava scoring and Seferovic giving both the assists. So lads, where do you guys want to start off? You can dive into Frederick Micho if you guys want. Frederick Micho, okay. You know, I'm interested to know what you guys think about this. This is a transfer where we don't really know what the, I guess, purpose of it is. We don't know yet if this is going to be one of our first team players, a starting 11 player, or if this is just a depth transfer. This is a player, he play, he can play both the 6 and the 8. In my opinion, just from what I'm seeing, although some people from, you know, some journalists and some other people are saying that there's going to be another 6 that we're bringing in, I really have a feeling this is going to be a starting player. I just, I really have a feeling. And it's like, maybe the club are trying to bring in another six, but, you know, they brought him in just in case they can't pull off that big name or that more, I guess, seasoned player. They'll still have him, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know what, you, if you guys think, do you think he's going to be a starting player or is, is this just a depth transfer? What do you guys think? Um, well, go ahead, Sai. Yeah, I was going to say for a player that we're going to pay three and a half million for, including additional bonuses, did we discuss wages? We didn't, right? Because we don't know it yet. Yeah, I those think. are, it's we rumored, don't know exactly. the last, um, the last bit of news I saw, it was rumored that it was about 1.3 million yearly. Mm, okay. So we'll see if that ends up being true. Okay. So if the rumors are true, the wages aren't actually crazily high, but I, I think the, the, the guy is going to start for us. Um, this season, while we were expecting to have four trucks on the field, while well, we don't need to do that anymore, it's only down to three now. And with Abdul Kerim, Kerem, and Yunus probably starting, we don't need additional trucks in the field. So I'll assume he would start. He's 28 years old. 
has been playing very regularly uh, for at, uh, AZ in the Eredivisie. Um, even though he plays in my country, I don't really follow the Dutch league, so I don't know how good he really is. But from what I've read is that he is basically a workhorse and has been playing more as an 8 as of late than really a 6. So, yeah, I assume he would start like right next to uh, an Oliveira, for example. I think he would like be more of a Berkan replacement from what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I see. what I at least that's what I see. So I mean, I from the get go, and I still do think he's going to be a rotation player because a lot of the big sources are leading us on to thinking that we're going to bring a proper six, right? A big CDM. Okan Buruk said himself that he wants some. They don't want to rush this type of transfer. They want somebody who's energetic, who can win the ball, carry the ball forward. And while that could also be Frederick. I don't think that's who it is. I, I still think we're looking for that big six. And as you said, we're looking for a number 10 too. So we already have Sergio. Evander seems likely for the number 10. And a lot of the top resources are saying that we're still looking for that big six. So what does that mean for Frederick? That means he's probably going to be a rotation player. But I think we do need somebody like him as well. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with spending three and a half million on a rotation player. As you just said, his wages are w- under 1.5 million. That's okay. Because if you look at our bench and our rotation right now, it's, you know, in that midfield, it's Berkan, it's Thailan, who are not really players that you can count on too much. I mean, we still have yet to see them in certain roles because, you know, Thailan was playing the six last season. That's not really his role. So I am kind of curious if he's going to play the eight well, but can you trust it going into the season that you really want to win? Not really. Chikal Dao is a number eight, but we haven't even seen him in these friendlies. You know, we've, we've seen youngsters play. We've seen players like Holjon play, fucking uh, Barish Alper play, Hamza play, but like we haven't seen Chikal Dao. In the beginning we did, but like today we didn't. I don't think we saw him earlier this week either. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like he might be a goner. So maybe the fees that we're going to save from him, the wages, we can use it towards a, a rotation player like Frederick. And even if you do bring in three very good players of, you know, a number six, Sergio and Evander, they're not going to be guaranteed to play every single game this season. We talked about the refs a hundred times. They're not perfect. They're, they're pretty bad. So you're going to see these players get yellow cards, red cards. You're going to see them get injured, unfortunately. Hopefully nothing major. But when that happens, you need somebody on the bench that you can count on to just fill in that role and not stress, right? Because we've had this issue so many times in the past. But, you know, John, you got me thinking too, bro. Like, are, are we bringing in Frederick and thinking, okay, you know what? If he plays good this upcoming weekend... And the fans are happy about it. Maybe we can save some money yeah, exactly. and not bring a number yeah. six. Yeah. So you you got me thinking now, bro. I, I'm not like, sure. I, I, I know. Like, I think it's possible that that could be in, you know, the club's head. Because he's like, he, he's, he's a player that's kind of falling on that border. Like, is he, he's right on the line of being a first 11 player or a, you know, like a depth player, right? It's kind of hard to pinpoint. But I also want to say as well that, I was wondering why him, like why Frederick Mitra, like it's, it's, it's very random, why? And, and then there were some reports saying that Okan Buruk was really pushing for it as well. And I was, I'm just, I was wondering like why specifically, and then some videos started coming out of how he plays and like there were some videos showing how he's able to, to go forward, especially from his position from the six, he's able to break lines passing and he can, he can dribble forward as well, which I was surprised to see. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because so th- so you know there's one side of social media showing all of that and then there's another side of social media putting videos together of him kicking the ball away for no reason 
kicking like literally three minute long compilations of him just passing the yeah, ball to the other team making him seem like uh thailand 2.0 yeah yeah so it's like you know of course i'm sure he's gonna make mistakes and things like that but um how bad is it exactly i i, I don't really know but you know i i guess we'll see so let me let me ask you guys this what is the uh, like the odds of him actually us not getting a number 10 and using both Mitsu? And uh, Oliveira has two eights and then a number six. What do you guys think of that? That I, may be possible. I, I think that there's like a 0% chance of that happening, bro. Well, okay. If, if we don't sign <laughs> Whoa, a 10, came in hard. If, if something happens and we don't sign a 10, then... That's what I'm, yeah, that situation. Let's say that happens. Then we're just going to use Emre Akbaba because he's been playing well. Yeah. And I don't know... I don't know you know, if, if people expected him to be playing this way, but I think he's playing pretty well. He's, he's being, he's playing pretty solid. I can't really complain. Like he's played almost, he's, he started almost all the friendlies played all of them in some capacity, in some capacity, but I can't complain about him. He's been playing well and up to his, the level we know he can play, but even that we still need a transfer, I think in that position but I have to respect Emre Akbaba for still trying. He still plays every game, fights every game. He's fighting for that position, even though he knows a transfer is right. probably coming. I got to respect that from the guy. But, you know, if a transfer doesn't happen, I can only assume we're going to be using Emre. The way you guys put it, though, is because Mitsu sounds like he's not a six complete, you know, six in nature. He's not a complete eight. He's somewhat of a makeshift six, eight, you know, like a seven or whatever you want to put it as, <laughs> you know. Two. Okay, so if we're not, we're not gonna. Sorry, I just, I just have to add to that real quick, Emre. It's I'm really happy you said that because I've been seeing rumors that we might even play a four four two this season. Mm -hmm. And Mm. if that's if that's the case, then it's two midfielders, right? We don't need a number ten. I'm not saying we shouldn't bring one, but we don't need a number ten per se. Uh, As long as you have two midfielders that can go up and down, box to box, or kind of take turns playing that six and eight during the game. And mm-hmm. you have Emre Akbaba who could play that, you know, second striker. We're rumored mm-hmm. with Ali Akman, who we'll touch on as well. But that, that kid can also play maybe a similar role. You have Sefo, who is playing. He's making assists after assist, and he's a striker. So I'm really curious how Okamburuk is going to play. I've seen rumors of 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. I heard one rumor of where he likes to play, or all of his midfielders are like number eights, where he's played three number eights in, on the sa- at the same time in the field. So... We'll see. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there as well because I thought that was a good question. That was actually going to be my question too. I know that we want a 10, right? But if you look at how Okan Buruk coached Pashakshir, for example, he played, just like Yasin said before, more of a 4-4-2 or a, what we used to do with Terim a few years back, a 4-1-4-1, sort of. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to uh, simul- uh, simulate. Is that the correct word? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do. And indeed, Mitchell is more of that partner in the midfield, probably. And we're going to play more 4-4-2. Just like you said before, Ali Akman is rumored to us. It's just speculation. I don't know. Maybe we'll change tactics again. But um, and, and you know, yeah. may- maybe just the last thing before we move on from Mitchell. I, I, one thing I'm wondering as well is, is he suited to play for a club as big as Galatasaray. I'm, I'm wondering about that as well. He's never played for a club our size. He's 28 years old now. He's never played for a club this big. I don't think he's ever played for a club where the pressure is like this. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how he will perform 
especially coming off a season where the midfield was so criticized, like every single game mm-hmm. they were so criticized. I'm wondering about that as well. Because, like, I mean, let's face it, there's three-minute comp- three video compilations coming out of him losing the ball and kicking it away. But I'm not saying that that determines he's a bad player, but there must be something in that, something that he is, he can make mistakes a little bit, you know, when pressured or... or and and I'm, I'm just curious, you know, playing in Turkey is so different. Playing for Galatasaray is so different. There's so many different pressures. I'm wondering how he'll respond to that, you know? I'm, mm-hmm. I have that in the my mind The weight of that well. jersey is different. Weighted totally differently. Different. Yeah, it's different, man. For what it's worth, I mean, I just want to add, he's a Norwegian guy, right? We, our last two Norwegians, I think, have done okay in terms of handling and understanding yeah. what it means to play for a big club. And it's interesting because Frederick is coming as known to be like a Tom Gurev Adama. Like he's going to come, he's going to do his job and that's it. And that's exactly what Linus was before. You know, one of the more recent Norwegians we've had. And now we had Omar. Up until his injury, he was similar. You know, he, he wasn't amazing, but he did his job. You can count on him to play that right back position. So we have another Norwegian coming now who seems like he's going to be a rotation player. So it might be okay if, if he was going to be like that starting role, which we're still not sure about, then that's a really valid point, John. You know, is he going to be able that's to step up? That's a good up? point that you bring up, Yasin. And, and I wanted to add to that. Um, just like, I hope he's like Linez, where Linez was benched for like six months and he didn't make a peep. You know, yep. maybe Mitchell can be like that. Okan is <laughs> very prone to making decisions on the fly. He can change formations, different tactics, and he might not use Mitchell for a certain game. And he won't be like, bitter about it like some players would be you know but anywho let's move on to another transfer topic Evan that after the Fiorentina game Okan Buruk he implied that they're talking with Evan that he is like he confirmed that he's a target but he's also not the only target so with that said what do you guys think I think well just like you said almost every time Okan Buruk has been asked about these transfers, like not even just Evander. He, he always gives the answer to say, yes, we're talking with the player, but we're also talking with three to four other players as well, which mm-hmm. is a smart reply as much as it's frustrating because obviously as fans, we just, wanna, we just want the player, like sign the player. You know, it's, um, it, it's kind of frustrating sometimes to hear them, you know, be kind of nonchalant about it, but that's how he's been answering these questions. And in terms of Evander himself, from what it looks like, it looks like he should be the next transfer if everything goes well. And just from what the, the news and the rumors are saying, it's apparently, since these rumors began, uh, his club, it seems like they've wanted at least 8 million. And we started by offering five, five and a half, six. We're going up. Apparently now we've gone up to between seven to seven and a half. So we're really close. Um, and the news also suggests as well that we've already agreed with the player himself. It's just the club. So I think we're close in that regard. But I don't know, man. For me, I really want him. I, he's a player that really excites me. So I want him hopefully too. we get him. Yeah, it's, it, just, it just seems like a, player, a type of player we've been missing for so long. So I really hope that we're able to pull it off. I think he'll be really successful with us. So We've been desperate for someone who could make things happen. Passes, key passes, passes that cut lanes put our uh, strikers into scoring positions or score from outside the box. I don't remember the last time that we had a number 10 that could score outside the box. I think like Just Schneider. a midfielder with like pure scoring abilities. Exactly. You know, like that guy that can do both. He's assisting and scoring free kicks from open play, outside the box, in the box. Like we just haven't had, it's been so long since we had a player like that. 
So I don't know. It seems like we're really close. Hopefully we pull it off. I don't see why we wouldn't be able to. And just in case you guys don't know as well, the only, I guess, downside to it is he will be injured for the first few weeks of August. So if he is transferred, he probably won't play the first two or three games. So there's that to keep in mind as well, because Okan has been saying for weeks now he needs players that are ready to go. So I don't know if that's going to play a factor in any of this, but just just something to keep in mind. As long as Evander is back for the Trabzon game, should be all fine. Because the I mean Antalya is difficult too, but after that we play Kiresun, which should be Soryasin. You know, uh, not that difficult. And Umraniaspor, which I have no idea on on how they'll do. Yeah, if we do plus, get him, let's plus hope we got Akova too. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got Akova who's carrying it right now. So worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, you say. Okay, he's injured. Let's say he is injured. But wouldn't that make it easier for us to transfer him? Because we can say, hey, your, your player is injured. And we don't know if he's going to get better, if he's going to come back worse, if he's going to even get back to his old form. I think that might be a bargaining ship on our half. What do you guys think? I think, it's, I think that's totally possible. Like, I think that it's... But I just, I just don't know, you know, if, if, if we were to do that, his club can probably turn around and say, well, look, here's the, the medical report. Here's his scans or whatever. He'll be injured for two weeks or whatever it is. But I don't know. Maybe we should tell, maybe we should give Evander some extra money and have him tell the club he's more <laughs> hurt than he actually is. Maybe we should pull a fast one on him. I don't know. Also, how much lower can they actually go, even if that would, uh, would be a thing? His contract runs until 2025, which is still, yeah, you know, quite some time. I think there's seven, what, no, eight that they ask. Look, I'm not going to lie. It's not like I've been watching this guy, like who watched the Danish league. Maybe Danish people do, but I don't. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen and from the YouTube clips, for example, John and Yasin showed, he looks promising. <laughs> he looks good. He looks like someone who can score assist. He has that flair to him. So I would like him. I would like him to join, even if he's injured. Uh, as long as he's back in time for Trabzon, I think it's all fine for me. YouTube clips can be deceiving. It can, it, it, I know. Can, and yeah. we've been deceived The The thing is with that times, is, but- even though he's injured, I still pretty much have no problem with it because it's not like we're totally out to dry. Like, we have Emre Akbaba. There's no mm-hmm. doubt he'll be on the pitch fighting 90 minutes. Like, there's, I don't have a single doubt in my mind when it comes to that aspect of playing in regards to Emre Akpova. So I think it's worth the risk, whatever risk there is in, involved with that. I think it's worth it because it's, we, we do have someone that can play the first few games while he recovers, mm-hmm. right? Also, exactly. um, another way to accept the risk is if you look at his age, he's also a young guy. Like he shouldn't start deteriorating already. He's only 24. There's still growth potential even after his injury. Let's hope it, it's not a very heavy one, but so yeah, I also would still risk it. Nonetheless, it's fine. Yeah, and, it, and it's not a major injury either. It's it's a muscle tear. I think it was his hamstring when he was trying to make a run on, on defense. He had zero injuries last year. In the season before that, he, w- he missed four games because of coronavirus, along with hundreds of other players, right? And he had another thigh muscle strain. He missed one game. So until this injury this year as a 24-year-old, he only missed five games, four of which were coronavirus. So... That's fine. Uh, I'm okay with it. Muscle tears or, you know, something like that happens all the time. As long as we don't rush him back, if we do get him, it's fine. And like you said, we don't need to rush him. We have Emra Akbabo who is playing great. You know, let them compete. Let him take on that role because he's had a great preseason. I think, you know, he's top three in our players who had the best preseason so far, along with like Yunus Akun and probably Kedem. 
So he's he's fighting for that spot. And we have Sefo up top. We got Kedem and Yunus on the side to to score. That's not as much of a priority as I think like a number six would be. And it's good that we got Frederick to take over that role. So I'm fine with the timing. I do want him though, just like the rest of y'all. Uh, we've been rumored with other num number 10s too. Some of them a bit older. It's good to see a little bit of a mix now because we have Sergio who's 30, Frederick who's 29 or 30. A 24-year-old is what we should be doing right now because just look at Marcal, right? We brought him in at a young age. If, if Evander has another good season or two with us from the get-go, we can sell him before he's 27 years old with good value. That, that's the type of moves that we should be doing, mixing the age bucket a little bit. Because Evander, another thing that's unique about him and his history is he's had big clubs interested in watching him before. I think before he went to his current club, FC Midgieland, you know, there were other clubs that were looking into him. He's been on the radar of other clubs. And with these type of players, they go from club to club, but these big clubs, they keep track of him. If he does well with us for a year, they're going to be like, okay, this is a player that we've tracked before and he continued to do well. So that means there is something that's good about him and that they might be interested in him in a few years. So uh, I'm very excited. I hope it happens. All the rumors are pointing to it. And let's just hope that we get to discuss them next week as a cup. Hopefully, Cup United. So, before we move on to our friendlies, with the news about Batuan Chen, Kazim John Karatash, and Barish Alper Yilmaz going to play in the Islamic Solidari Solidarity Games in Konya, I have never heard of this. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. Did you guys ever hear of this? What, what is this? No, I, I have not. Uh, a quick Wikipedia search tells me it happens every four years. Apparently. So, I guess it's like... It's like a little Middle Eastern version of the World Cup or Euro. And it's being hosted in Konya for the first time. It's opened by Taip Erdogan. And it's funny because the squad was released as like a U23. But there's players that I think are as old as like 29, 30 years old. Fortunately for us, it doesn't really affect any of our starting 11 players. I mean, Barış Alper could be, you know, it's probably one of our first subs as a winger. But the other two guys, not I guess Kazim John too, right? As our mm -hmm. left back. Yep. That leaves us with Omer Baidom if anything happens to uh, Van Holt, hopefully not. But yeah, man, this is this is funny. Uh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of it because we have Yabanju Kurala and the only like big team that's being affected by this is us. Otherwise, it's like a bunch of unadulted teams players. And, you know, sure, they're competing for the league too, but not just not at the level that we are. Right. I wish Reyes picked another time to do this uh, solidarity games or at least remove the foreign limit before he, you know, starts such a thing. So, all right. With that said, Saad, do you have anything to say about the solidarity games? Same as the rest. <laughs> um, quick wiki search. It's the fifth edition already. I had no clue. Um, only thing I wonder, just like how uh, Yasin said before, why are they taken or these games taken now? That's just what I wonder. Like, couldn't can they have rescheduled this earlier, knowing that we have a World Cup in the winter, you know, and do just before the league actually starts? Then again, just like Yasin said before too, it doesn't really affect us as much as it's Barish Alperimas, which you know is a play we do use, but he's not first eleven uh, player. Nor is Kazimjan and Baton Shen is like throat keeper anyway, so. I don't know. Imagine if it was Kera and Yunus. I, I think I think one of you also looked up the group, right? Who are we? Uh, who are we gonna play? I think the Senegal. 
And who else? Yeah, I have the group. Uh, so the group is Turkey, Cameroon, Algeria, and Senegal. So, you know, I'm just saying those guys that are going, just expect them to come back on crutches, maybe even a wheelchair. All right. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying about that. Oh, man. They should probably pull a Avju and play all their C players or just get out <laughs> the, the, the damn league itself. <laughs> What a oh, weird man. competition, man. Yeah, and the timing couldn't be any worse. Exactly. And I thought it was just football, but it's like a mini yeah, Olympics. Olympics. I know, and they do all types of stuff. Apparently, Yasin did say we're the most successful country in this. So, woohoo yeah. to us, but... <laughs> Something we're finally good at. Awesome. Putting that 80 million plus, you know, population to yeah. good use, finally. Besides making kebab, we're also good at the Islamic Olympic Games. Seems yes, like. about time. <laughs> Alrighty then, boys, let's move on to the friendlies. The past week, we had, again, Hassan Pasha, 2-1 win, where Kerem and Sefo scored. And then we had Salernitana, 1-1 tie, Seferovic and Oljan assists. And then we had the Fiorentina game, 2-1 win, Kerem and Emrakbaba score, both assisted by our new transfer, Seferovic. Seferovic is on fire right now. Yeah, four, four gold contributions in, well... Three games. So, what more can you ask for someone who has no legs on paper? I'm super proud because I had I was tasked with you know providing the you know story on him. So you know, gurur. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? You know, from looking from a macro perspective of how we played, how Okan played these games. What, what do you What do you guys think? Let's start with uh, John. Yeah. So, I mean, well, just even before I dive into how we've been playing as a team and stuff, I think Seferovic is you know, obviously seems to be playing out of his skin. And I have a feeling a lot of that has to do with um, the questions about his health and, you know, everything before he was signed, in- inclu- including me. Like, I was a huge critic. I I, I thought that he wasn't going to do that well because he was going to be injured most of the time. And the season hasn't started yet. I don't know what's going to happen. But just from the way he's playing now, it seems like he's a bit motivated to show people that he still can play he still can score that one season last season that he was injured for like 90 percent of doesn't define him as a player right and that starts us with the custom pasha match and well first of all kerem another conversation he's been just been scoring worldies he's been playing amazing so like you mentioned emre he scored and seferovic scored in that match it was amazing to see seferovic score in front of the fans and you could see how much it meant to him as well in his in his celebration. That was amazing to see. He did the Uchle after the match as well, which was great. So what what do you guys think about that? Well, that was sick seeing him score in front of the fans like that. No, first game. And keep in mind as well, I think Summit or someone, I think maybe we posted on Twitter as well. They were drawing those comparisons when he was at the airport with the fans doing the Uchle and stuff. There was the comparisons with Falcao. And then just like Falcao scored his first goal against Kasim Pasha, Seferovic did the same. So that was sick, I thought. What'd you guys think about that? Yeah, that that comparison, it was a very interesting tidbit. Both of them scoring against Kasim Pasha. One only thing I hope is that he doesn't end up being the next medical Parkao. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm on the same boat as you, John. Before he came, I had a lot of question marks in my head. Like he had, you know, injuries on injuries on injuries on injuries before he came with Benfica. But 
I said to myself, maybe if he can get past those injuries, maybe he stays you know, on top of his game. He can be an extremely good asset for this team because we are severely lacking strikers that are involved with our, with our midfield. And Seferovic mm-hmm. seems to just be doing wonders right now, connecting our midfield with our wingers. Just being that, that, that piece to the puzzle. You know, yep. What, yep. What, do you, what do you guys think? What, what's thoughts and consensus on that? Yasin, what do you think? Yo, so y'all, y'all thought of Falcao, right? I thought of Drogba. Do you remember Drogba's Oof. first goal? He subbed on to the game. The header, no? Yeah. It was a header. He, su- he subbed on, went in for a cross, scored his first goal yeah. as a header. Yeah. Seffo took six minutes to score. Yeah. And he was thrilled. And in front of the fans, what better way? But one thing that I really like about Seffo so far is his attitude on the pitch. Exactly. You know, yeah. this, guy, this guy just joined a team full of youngsters. After finishing 13th place, you would think like the mood is not right. You know, he's, he's on loan that he's not guaranteed to stay here, right? It's a, it's a one-year loan with an option for purchase depending on a certain clause if we meet it. So his future here is not even guaranteed, but he's playing like he's been here forever. Not just with like how he handles himself on the field. It's how he responds to his teammates. Somebody tries making a cross, a pass, his hands are in the air applauding yep. the attempt, even yep. if it's not good. And, you know... He, he's there when the, when the team is hugging it out after a goal or whatever. He's there. He's present. And I love that. that that's what this team needed. And we're seeing that, right? Team players. You know, that's what Ocon wants. People who are going to be there and present and make sure that, you know, that they're involved with everything. And in speaking of involvement, his assist, right? He's not there to just score goals. He's there to set people up too. And I'm sure he's feeling lucky as hell that he has Kerem on one side and Yunus on the other. He not only is he going to get fed from them, but he's always going to have them making runs in. So it's just going to help his statistics, right? As a, as a striker, of course, you want to score, but you want to assist as well. And what better people to have than Yunus and Kedem on your side? So I'm glad so far. Y'all called it already, right? Last week and the week before that. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a great transfer. Yeah. So far, he looks good. Every time he falls on the ground, of course, we get a little bit worried, right? <laughs> is, is, is he, he going to stay there or not? But... You know, uh, knock on wood, hopefully he stays that way, stays healthy. But it looks like we're going to bring another striker. So he's going to get a little bit of competition. But so far, he looks like the main striker. And I'm super happy with him. I yeah. like his attitude and everything. I, I think uh, with his, like, his attitude and body language and everything, I think we can see, I guess, the appreciation he has for a club like Galatasaray to take a risk on him after that season he had, right? Because let's face yeah. it, that's... He's not really the most attractive player for a club that's in dire need of a striker like we were. He's not really the most attractive option just because he was hurt for 90% of the year, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that body language and everything, I think it just comes from his appreciation on us taking a risk on him, showing up at the airport, embracing him, putting the scarf around him, embracing his family, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that... Those things are just, it's a total match made in heaven. Like for, for a player to have that sort of appreciation and motivation, I think that's what we're seeing now. And everything he does, man, just like you said, Yasin, applauding his teammates. And he's just, you can tell the maturity and like experience he has when he plays. Like not only the decisions he makes on the pitch when he has the ball, but just like you said, his attitude, he knows. He knows how to play for a big club. He's been doing it forever. It's just if he can stay healthy, man, it'll just I think it'll be a really, really awesome transfer. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, knock on wood, man. I hope it just it, it goes well for him and for us too. Inshallah. 
Anything but Gomez. Anything but Gomez. Anything but Gomez. Yeah. Or, you know, makeshift striker of old John. God forbid. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to note is that while Seferovic does offer some, you know, complexity and movement and does help our wingers a lot, I think I can't say the wingers help him a lot because with Kerem and Yunus, I just don't, their, their crossing and their ball placement sometimes isn't the best. And I don't see Seferovic being able to score too often from like, you know, crosses and whatnot with headers and stuff. Only maybe with corners and whatnot, free kicks if Sergio is placing the ball. Because I, I kind of see that imbalance between Kerem and Yunus when it comes to, you know, crossing the ball. And that was one of our biggest problems with Mustafa Muhammad. He couldn't score any goal partially, not only because of his lack of awareness or positioning, but we can't get the ball to him when he's in the box ready for that that air ball, right? That cross. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? I think, um, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Yasin, go ahead. I mean, I, I agree with you, Emre. Uh, Yunus and Kerem are not known to be good crossers, right? They're not going to be the one that's delivering crosses from the sideline in for an amazing header. But I think they're both very good at still finding those passes inside the box on the ground, right? Yunus was known for this. How many assists did he have last season to Balotelli and any, all of his other teammates? Mm-hmm. There might not have been crosses in the air, but he gets his, he's an inverted winger. So he makes his way in and he finds that pass. I think, you know, one of our earlier friendlies, he got the ball on the right side, dribbled, dribbled, went cut in. And then laid off a pass to Gomez with the outside of his left foot. Yasin, he, That's he also, that maybe Gom- you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And he also, just a note, he did the same thing with Emre Akbaba, I think two games ago or yeah. one game ago. So exactly what you said, Yunus is very good at that. Exactly. He's very good at that. Kedem, same thing today. I mean, Kedem, so Kedem's a different situation. And I, and I request patience from us and other fans too. Last season, Kedem had to kind of carry us, right? We didn't have a proper striker. The other side of the wing was not that great. We didn't have a proper 10. So Kerem had a lot of weight on his shoulders to kind of carry this team. And he did that along with Nelson and Markel. The three of them carried us. <laughs> they carried us at 13th, but they also carried us to, you know, a very good group stage and then to almost knocking out Barcelona in the Europa League. They did well. But Kerem is now, obviously, he's going to get some of that burden off his shoulders. Hopefully a proper 10. Seforovic and then now Yunus on the other side. I mean, just today in the custom pusher game, well, I guess we'll discuss that in a little bit more detail, but he got the ball on the left side and he laid it off with his opposite foot, which is the left foot right to Sefovic, which honestly Sefo could have done better on that position. He It was kind of a weak shot to the mm-hmm. goalie, but he finds those passes inside. And fortunately for us, Sefovic is not that type of striker that you buy in and you hope that he's going to get delivered, you know, a million crosses. Sefovic can still finish the ball if it's at his feet. You know, once he gets more accustomed to that, of course, but he's an all-around striker. As for the crosses, uh, maybe it's changing the subject. Uh, you guys should continue on this topic if you want, but like Sergio and his crosses today in the custom pressure game, beautiful, like 10 out of 10. He, he knows how to deliver that ball. And if right. we get another guy like Evander who knows how to do the same thing with the set pieces, we'll kind of balance it out, right? Balls at the feet, but also in the air. So I'm not too worried about that aspect. I uh, only ask because I just have ton of flashbacks to last season where there would be a bunch of teams that would score but then right after they score mm-hmm. they all parked the bus into the box and like you can't really go through them or you can't pass the ball into the box you kind of have to throw it over right. and have someone head it in and then I just remember That's all right. those crosses from like Ahmed Baidam going from one side to the <laughs> other straight into you know uh, our right back and then he crosses it back to Ahmed Baidam and it's just like a never ending <laughs> painful oh you know God. horseshoe of death 
Exactly. And so that's why Kerem couldn't couldn't cross it. Figuli wasn't playing. And so I just, that's one of the biggest concerns I have is I want this team to be balanced. And my main thought was, would they, will they bring in someone that can do all of that? Because Figuli was a really good crosser. But, you know, he started to fall off after his first two seasons. You guys think maybe a Figuli type player, but maybe younger, might be the move to balance it out. I'm not sure. I think... I think we will have success with Kerem and Yunus. I would be surprised if that failed. But and, and maybe this is a good way to transition into just how we've been playing as a team lately. But it seems that it seems that Yunus, both Yunus and Kerem have the freedom to play wide, to come inside with the ball. Uh, they they have some. They seems like they have some freedom in that regard. Both of them can score as well. That's not you know we've already seen what Kerem can do. Uh, he's been scoring bangers in preseason already. Yunus has scored a banger already. He's come close to scoring a bunch of other times. So it seems like they, they have some freedom in that area to to play if they want to play out wide and crossing or, you know, if they want to cut in and, and shoot or if they want to try to play that pass on the ground or in the air for the striker. But I, I think maybe if we can just slightly change gears, I, I think that the biggest change in the way we've we've been playing maybe if you even want to call it an improvement in how we've been playing is how we're looking to always play forward, how we're always looking to break lines, how we're always looking to drive at teams, which is a total opposite of what Torrent was trying to do. Like Torrent, we were a bit more trying to be a bit more patient, trying to set up a bit more, keep possession, patience for the opening to play the ball through. But with Okan Buruk, you know, and what Okan is doing is much more aligned with Galatasaray philosophy and how we've always played football. It's a lot more aligned with that than what Torrent was trying to do. But I see that as the biggest difference. It's the way when we win the ball, how we're trying to go forward and you know how we're attacking is such a big difference for us as well. So it's fun to watch. Hopefully it works as well. We need to have the players for that, which I believe we have 90% of the pieces for that already. Maybe just a few missing things, but do you guys see that as well? Can you see that that change in how we're playing and how we're attacking? Do you guys notice that as well? For me personally, I've noticed that there's definitely a system in place that you can finally see being implemented. It's it because this team's trying to play the same way regardless of who's playing, right? Like with the Salernitana game, you didn't have the A team. You had a bunch of you know bench rotation players, but they were all trying to play the same type of game that they were playing against Fiorentina with the full squad. We can say basically our A squad. You can take anyone out and put another in and we'll still be playing the same type of game. Definitely a bigger change than what Torin was trying to do. He's trying to do that, hold the ball, tiki-taka our way into the box and then score. Whereas Okan playing way more direct, you know, long balls, mm-hmm. find the openings, put the ball there, let our boys run, get it, cross it in, bada-bing, bada-boom, you know, score. And so quick transitions. the transition, quick transitions, you know, being efficient with the ball. It's not all about, you know, ball possession for him, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that. Having the ball all the time does not mean you're doing good. But yeah, what are you going to say, Sai? You wanted to say something? Not necessarily. I was I was more so just going to add on the fact that, uh, like John said before, we do play differently. We play more directly. Our transitions are quicker. We've seen before how it would be like three of our attackers. I don't know, Mustafa, Kerem, someone else on the right butters versus one defender and they still can finish it. I don't think we'll have those problems as much right now this as we go forward a lot quicker. Um 
nah, that's about it. I, I can add on to that real quick in terms of like our style. I, I'm just curious how a spread league team and coach is going to try and set up and prepare to play against us and our attack. You have Kedem on one side who's constantly making runs. You have Yunus who can probably beat 95% of defenders in a 1v1 on the side. You have Sefo who's a wall who can also pass but also finish. And now you have Emre Akbaba who is, the way I see Emre Akbaba, he's like a second striker. You know, he's mm-hmm. always moving. He's always trying to make that pass, always trying to make that run behind the striker, you know, behind the winger, etc. He's always moving. Who do you defend? Unless you have four very good defenders, you're going to have a hard time playing against Galsai this year. And now to add on to that, you have Sergio Oliveira in the midfield who I absolutely love today versus Kassim Pasha. His first game, he kind of struggled. You know, his passes were off. He was trying to feel out the rest of his teammates and their moves. But today, oh my God, one-touch passes. You know, especially with Emre Akwaba, I've, I've noticed they have a very good connection. I can't say the same for Berkan in the midfield, but Sergio and Emre Akbaba and Sergio and the other wingers, they just, they're vibing, you know, and it's still too early. They might get even better, but he's able to kind of release and get, get the ball moving forward way sooner, way quicker, you know? And to add on to this, Okan's a little bit lucky, I think, you know, going back to my first comment, we have the tools in place to play very much faster this year than we did last year. We had Faguli and Bubba on the wing last year. They don't move that much. Faguli makes a run. He's done for the next 20 minutes. He's going to be chilling next to the center defensive midfielder asking for the ball and trying to play it long. Same with, thing with Bubble. You know, he, he gets the ball and he literally just stands there and waits for the defender to come on to him and they just do a face-off and then he makes a move or plays it backwards. You're not going to get that with Yunus. You're not going to get that with Kerem. So I'm super excited and just to see how we play with those guys going forward. And, you know, you're absolutely right. We're playing way more direct. And we're going to be a very tough team to defend, in my opinion, this season. You got players who can dribble. You got players who can go inside, outside, and shoot from afar. You know, you know Kedem knows how to shoot. He's been showing us the last two games with his goals. Yunus knows how to shoot. He did the same thing from the, the right side. He found the side netting, far post. Beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's very exciting future for us. Much more season, direct. I guess when you guys were having question marks in your head as why we want Mitsha, I did notice that he has a lot more direct passing skills and ability compared to someone, say, like Berkan or Thailand. And so maybe those quick direct passes is part of the reason why he may wanted Mitsu in the first place. So, yeah, now that makes more sense thinking about it. But one question mark that I have in my mind is our defense. Our defense is definitely looking like it's falling apart without Markau. I don't know if I'm too convinced with Abdul Kedem yet. as I can't judge him just yet. It is only pre-friendlies, but you can clearly see that there's a, a a missing link there almost between him and Nelson. Like with him and with Nelson and Marcao, they were just like perfect for each other. And that's part of the reason why Sevilla wants Nelson, you know, to have that package deal. Wow, yeah, like, for eight mil. Yeah, yeah for eight off. mil. Well, they're proven. They're proven. Marcao and Nelson mm-hmm. are proven. You know, they've played um at a very high level together and the whole for the whole world to see. And they're young and proven. So I can't blame them for wanting that. But you are absolutely correct. There is a, how do I say, gaping hole where Markal used to be. I guess you could say Abdul Kedim. <sighs> Abdul Kedim. I don't know. Like I mentioned a couple times now on this podcast, I 
really just think he's another Alpaslan. I really don't rate him that much. I, I, I don't care really what he did for Konya. Playing for Konya, putting in performances at Konya, it's not the same as putting in performances for Galatasaray. And he has looked a little bit shaky, a little bit irresponsible with the ball at times, looking like he, you know, a little nervous, giving the ball away, making little stupid mistakes. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. If I had the choice to bring in another defender, I would do it. Maybe somebody with a little bit more experience in Europe, maybe, would be really nice. But not the biggest fan of Abdul Kerim. I, we'll have to see what happens with that, I guess. Right. I feel like having an older defender is probably okay these days, right? Like you can see mm-hmm. plenty of good defenders out there. Sergio Ramos, you know, still playing, mm-hmm. still doing well, still at a high level. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Center backs, I think a center back is one of those positions where age is probably a good thing if you're older. At least if you have good experience, right? Because it's a more responsible role. You don't need quick legs as much like a fullback does or a winger. So... Yeah, age bracket wise, I think Abdul Kerim has the right age or just a good age, you know. But just like John said before, look, from the games I've seen, I don't think we're necessarily horrible in the back. Like, I still think in the league, at least, uh, last year looks kind of the same, but at the same time, again, the league, right? Europa League, we're a different beast, but just in the league itself. Uh, but right now, that's just missing something. I don't feel as confident right now. I don't know what it is because. It's not like we've conceded six goals from Tuzla Spor. We've only conceded one, maybe two at most. Um, yeah, may- maybe just maybe the backline just has to get accustomed to each other. We have a new fullback on the right. Hopefully, he comes back quickly in Dubois. We have a new center back, which is really important because he's at the core, and we like to play from the back. So we'll probably have to give it time. We'll probably just have to give it time to let it settle in. That's that's how I see it. I'm, I I don't think Abdul Kerim is necessarily a new Alpaslan just yet. With Alpaslan, I had it way quicker that I really was like, okay, this guy's uh, he's a fraud. I mean, he <laughs> came for free, but still, I, I don't want to see him again. Up to Cam, I'm going to give him some time. And no, not because it was my homework, but just in general, there's a reason why he was a good player at Konya. Um, sure, yeah, surely he'll show it at us too. Just for now, let's relax and uh, see in a few weeks, I would say. All I can still add is I'm excited. I'm excited. The 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 first friendlies we played, I was a bit like it's obviously the first friendly of Okamburuk and we didn't really have a lot of transfers going, but the Sturmgras game was the other one, a Hungarian team. Like some people in the group would say Kutahama. Well, we lost to them. But slowly but gradually I'm starting to get more confidence in the team. Yep. And the Fiorentina game, to be honest, I wasn't expecting us to win. I was expecting like a draw at best, but hey, we pulled through. And when watch the game, you'll see too, we didn't get dominated or anything. We we held our ground. So let's continue this, I would say. Right. One thing about Galsara is when it comes to friendlies, uh, we always do bad. I always expect them to lose. But where it counts <laughs> is where Galsara shines the best. And that's winning championships and cups. So with that said, yeah. thank you everyone for listening. This has been episode 23. Thank you and have a good one. Cheers. Peace. Bye, bye.